Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Cricket. I'm one of your hosts, UX designer, and joining me, tech columnist Andy Anako. And we have a special guest co-host. Russell is, I don't know where Russell is. He's out uh, trying to find pixels, I think, because he really wants to win the great pixel uh, race. But we do have Kristen Marsicano, Android developer and instructor at Big Nerd Ranch, co-author of Android Programming, The Big Nerd Ranch Guide. Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled, really. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have you because, see, you and I met at Google I.O. last year. Um, and like briefly before Google I.O., you and I were chatting. Uh, they, at the, the way um, Google I.O. is set up is uh, there's a secret Slack group for women. It's called Women Tech Makers. Okay, maybe it's not so secret. Uh, but it's a place where they allow women to kind of everyone get together and kind of get to know each other before the actual Google I.O. event, which is really great because if it's your first time and you don't know what's happening, it's a great place to, to meet with other people. Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, one of the things that we you and I connected over there was uh, I had met uh, a, a friend of yours and a coworker of yours uh, before, and we just hit it off. And I think everyone I met at Big Nerd Ranch is just uh, pretty amazing. So uh, I think we we our first physical meeting though was on the dance floor. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think you're right. And uh, I, Russell was actually there uh, when we met, and, he, and when he found out you were going to be a part of a guest co-host, he was so, so bummed that he wasn't able to, to be here. So anyways, he says so hello, so we're, we're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we made an Australian sad. Oh. <laughs> well, we, we made a lot of nerds happy. So, um, you know, you win some, you lose some. Speaking of Australians uh, that, you know, may, may have been sad, we last episode, we have we had an intervention with Phil Simpson of Shifty Jelly because he was using the Note 7. It was exploding and everything was on fire. Not his, not his. You know, there was a lot of stories. And we said, Phil, you know, you, you have to put it down. I know it's a beautiful device and you don't want to let it go. But he finally did. And he actually released a statement on Twitter. It's not really a statement. It's just a tweet. And it says... This Note 7 is amazing, but in the interest of my family, I'm going to switch it off. Samsung, please do a magical software fix. Sorry, Phil, I don't think there's going to be a magical software fix, uh, but we're happy that you thought of your family and have decided to turn it off. See, I mean, it's we're podcasters, yes, I mean, but we're also lifesavers by nature. Uh, now, I, I know that it would embarrass you to try to embarrass me with my act of heroism uh, via Twitter. Uh, but in between saying uh, uh, unkind things towards uh, celebrities who made movies or records that I didn't really like, uh, I accidentally used Twitter to save a life. Uh, someone was, uh, we were talking about uh, the problems with the Note 7 and so about how now there are, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but uh, now there are actually airlines that are being like, look, we are ban- the, 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 there's an actual federal ban against carrying the, a Note 7 on the plane and there's signs everywhere. Uh, and then someone said, well, gee, I got I to gotta fly out tomorrow. What, what happens when I show up with the Note 7? Is there, will they confiscate it? And I, I actually went to all caps on this guy. I said, no, do not t- use that. F- t- it is unsafe. Re- re- take it back to the store right now. And then he was so convinced from, by my use of uh, all caps that uh, he tweeted back a photo of three hours later of a brand new uh, Galaxy 7 S7 that he had just exchanged the phone for. Uh, so therefore, saving countless human lives. 
Well, speaking of saving people, uh, Kristen, you are actually saving people too because you are saving them through the work they are doing uh, via Android uh, programming. Because you know you you are the co-author for the I don't was it the first book too, but I know the second. I think I have the second generation. I jumped on the second. Oh, okay, so that's when that's when you came in, and, and that's the one you have, and you signed. You were uh, so sweet to sign it for me and send it. So every time all the Android developers come into my office, they, they I can see them eyeing it. They're kind of jealous. But I heard you're working <laughs> on the third one. We are, yes. Our uh, pencils down, we call it, is December first, but it will be available for purchase in the beginning of February. That is uh, super, super awesome. And are they able to purchase it online or what's... uh, Yeah, through Amazon, at a bookstore, pretty much anywhere you buy books. Um, But we're really excited. I mean, there's, you know, it's always hard for us to know when we're going to decide to finally do a new version. Um, We really, in some ways, do continuous delivery for our classes. Uh, We teach, you know, these week-long classes and we push out new PDFs on a regular basis. So we sort of got to a crucial point this summer where we felt like it was really time. We're going to be incorporating some new things like constraint layout. Um, We'll be talking about MVVM and data binding. And I'm really excited that we're adding in some stuff about testing. Um, I get questions about that all the time. I know, in class. (laughs) And so it's awesome that we're actually going to have that as part of the book. See, that's, that's super, super awesome because um, I come from like a web development background and now in the work that I'm doing, I'm doing product management and UX design. And so when I'm talking to the developers, I'm like, uh, you know, put padding or margin, but I'm, that's like from web development, like that, I understand that language, but Android is just such a whole different ball game. Like I understand Android uh, just by using it and even like the material design specs are so wonderful. But when I'm talking to someone, you're like, hey, you have to add some more padding. I'm like, I don't know if that's the word I should be using. Uh, so the so the book has actually been really helpful just to kind of skim through stuff, even though I'm not writing the code. Being able to be on the same page as the developers has been really helpful, uh, which I know that you actually gave a talk with one of the designers at Big Nerd Ranch uh, recently about the collaborative process between the two. Yes, absolutely. Zach, Simon, and I uh, gave that talk. And really, yeah, it was we just wanted to share our experience because we... Um, nowadays at Big Nerd we work very closely with developers and designers. We're on the same team throughout the life of a project. And so we've just learned a lot about working with each other and about how much each of us knows about each other's discipline and, you know, how to go from there. That's awesome. I, I love it. I, I really, I sent that, uh, there's a slide share presentation. I'll get it in the link in the show notes because I shared it to my team and I was like, hey, developers, this is, uh, this is really, really helpful. And so we're hoping to implement some of those uh, things that you said. So we're excited. Um, but I also saw you tweeting that I think you, I don't know if you're getting a Pixel phone. You might be getting it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the spot here because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about our sponsor and then everyone can come back and hear whether or not Kristen is getting the Pixel phone. And maybe, Andy, I don't know if you've changed your mind and have ordered one. We'll, we'll find out. And this episode of Material is brought to you by Cricut. Cricut is a company that was founded in the pursuit of the perfect polo shirt. After years of searching for exactly what they were looking for, Cricut's founders decided the only way to get the shirts they wanted was to go out and make them. Cricut shirts feature the perfect mix of old school style and modern design. Cricut shirts are all about being better than what you can find out there today. They're better fitting. No need. It's not going to be baggy or too baggy or too skinny. They're going to be perfect. And they have a better collar featuring removable collars. Stays help keep your collar looking crisp and you. No more ruffled up uh, bacon collar. 
a better shopping experience, including no hassle, free returns and exchanges. And it has amazing fabric. It's 100% soft certified organic cotton to make their shirts as comfortable as the 19th hole as they are on the 18th. The 19th hole is a mentality that cricket believes in. This is a golf term, but even if you don't play, I'm sure you can get the idea of having a place to relax and unwind. That's exactly what this product was made for. And we want to thank Cricket for sponsoring all of Relay FM and Material Podcasts. And if you are listening to this ad and you're saying, I want one of those amazing shirts, you can go to cricketshirts.com forward slash material. That's C-R-I-Q-U-E-T-S-H-I-R-T-S dot com forward slash material. And because you're a listener to this shirt, you'll to this shirt, because you're a listener to the show, you'll get 20% off your first purchase when you use the code material at checkout. Thanks so much, Cricket, for sponsoring this show and all of Relay FM. I, I don't know how to make a cricket sound, so I'm just doing butter <laughs> droplets. I was I was wondering what that was, and I was thinking, um, is that a new like Skype noise that I do not know? Because Skype just throws random noises at me, and I never know what's happening. Oh, it, it was fun in college when I was uh, when I was running like the campus uh, Mac lab, and that was like the standard default like system uh, alert sound. I would just walk behind someone and go, like, "What? Oh my God, what's happening?" Oh, I, I would say, "Oh, geez, you must have screwed up the printer queue again. Why, why don't you get out of there? I'll have it fixed by the by the time you get back from lunch, and then we'd have another another Mac for Net Games." Oh, the, the the practical jokes. I know every time I hear someone that has uh, the same phone as me, like if it's the default Nexus sound, I'm like. Nexus? I don't know. What is this? <laughs> but there's there's probably I don't know if Pixel has any new sounds. I haven't heard um any reviews have this, but yes, the Pixel embargo has been lifted this morning, which was on Tuesday. And Kristen, I want to know, did you order a Pixel? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. No. Not yet. <laughs> I had it in the cart and I chickened out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you posting some pictures about seeing how big it was and whether it was going to fit in your wallet. And I totally done the same thing when I went to the six P because it was bigger. So I was like, oh, "Is she ordering the Pixel?" Oh, okay. So I, I am. Uh, I might be the only one in the great Pixel race. Me and Russell, Andy, did you, did you end up uh, getting ordering a Pixel? Uh, I decided to be one of those horrible members of the press that certain voters are very very upset with at this time of day uh but yeah i i I, google's sending me one for review and on that that basis i'm like i'm satisfied to get a free trial for 30 to 60 days before i decide whether or not i can spend 650 dollars on a new phone after having just bought a 5x last year i'm 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 confident about doing that do you hear that for uh, me my my birthday is Sorry, my birthday's in November. So then my my husband was like, "Well, maybe you should wait for your birthday." And then oh, I don't know. But then I missed a- out on blue and the you know <laughs> the storage size I wanted. I don't, don't don't worry about it because I don't think um, anyone was able to buy the blue. They, those sold out uh, pretty instantaneously. So maybe maybe in November it will be coming. You will be able to get the the Pixel, uh, which I think you should be pretty excited if you decide to go that route because the reviews are off. And one of the first videos that I saw was actually from Nat and Lowe and they actually did uh, their whole episode. Now, Nat and Lowe is again, that uh, YouTube channel. They're a part of Google and they just kind of go around Google and hear, you know, what's going on and tell us a bit more about it. But they got to, they got their hands on the Pixel device and they were shooting video and taking pictures. And the video quality, the whole video was shot in the, with Pixel, and it actually looked pretty great. 
Yeah, but oh. I, I, I saw it too. It, it, it looked great. It's just that, okay, it, they pretty much showed that in beautiful sunlight <laughs> with blue skies, it can golly, it can actually take good pictures. Uh, and at, at, I, I've got I've got cheese in my fridge that I really need to throw out, and that would take a good picture in bright sunlight, oh. especially like in, under the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> so I, I'm more I'm more curious to see what happens when it's kind of like over, even when it's just overcast out, uh, because the, one of the things that would have really blown me away and got me rushing to pre-order is if they'd done something phenomenally cool. Uh, feature-wise with the camera. And so when you have a camera that doesn't have optical image stabilization and has uh, an f2.0 lens, which is kind of dim compared to uh, the lenses that you have on iPhones and on Samsung phones, it's not a, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's what gets me to say, well, I bet Google's going to send me a loaner that I can try out before I commit my money. So but but it's it's not about those numbers. It really is about getting out there and actually shooting with it. And most of the people who have reviewed it, again, a handful of people get uh, get hardware early. They've been using it for a week to two weeks, uh, and they've been pretty impressed with uh, with the photos. You'll see a lot of side by side by side reviews, like, "Hey, we took the same pictures with the iPhone and with the Samsung, and we've proven that with the dot clarity pitch of." And you know, you're going to see one picture that looks better than the others, but that rarely means that one camera is phenomenally better than the other it just means that in this one situation the iphone has a tendency to make the reds a little bit redder and this was a this was a, an image in which you want the reds to be redder um it's so uh, we'll, we'll wait and see but no one no one seems to think that it's a bad uh camera and for six it, it's they really are playing on a different field this year because this is the first year they've said we are making a premium super expensive phone that costs penny for penny pound for pound as much as pretty much a samsung phone or an iphone so you don't get the well gosh isn't it wonderful that they're giving us the 6p which is like a samsung note type phone with almost the entire feature set except for the pen and it costs 100 200 less now we have to say you're getting every penny out of me that i would would be spending on a note or an iphone that i'm not going to give you a pass on something that should be there but isn't Oh, I would say for me, the whole reason that I was, so I'll be honest, I have an iPhone right now. (laughs) And I know, I know, I switched almost a year ago today (laughs) because I I was watching all my friends posting pictures of their kids and mine always looked so bad. Like I got so frustrated. It took forever to capture the (laughs) shot. And so I'm like, surely it's the phone, right? So I switched to the iPhone because, you know, all my friends whose pictures I was ogling over, they had it. Um, and I haven't been terribly impressed. It's definitely better than what I had, but um, I'm realizing maybe part of it, like you said, Andy, the lighting, maybe the photographer, um, the fact that capturing a moving object or moving child is hard. <laughs> um, but really, the reason I was excited and like amped up on the 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 you know launch day where they're talking about it all was because they hyped up the camera and the shutter speed and the improved software and the rating. Um, but then I, I got cold feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 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 made a big deal about how if this is we can we're we're going to say that this is the best mobile phone camera ever put into a phone and okay why are you saying that because this lab gave us this number and as you can see this number is higher than these other two numbers and like a question sir does does that mean it takes better pictures 
Just look at that number. Why? It's a, you could, it's a good number. It's, it's like, okay, I'm not saying you're lying, sir. I'm just saying that I want to take I want to take my kids to go pumpkin farm picking with this phone before I agree with you. This is the best camera that's ever been put into a phone. So I'm looking forward to see what you all think then. I cannot uh, give my source, but I have heard that, uh, well, I guess embargo's off, so I can say it now, uh, (laughs) that Russell may or may not have been in contact with a Pixel device um, and had, you know, had the ability to look at the camera. Uh, He still doesn't win the race because it's not his device. You know, there's rules here. Uh, But he was saying that the camera was actually super, super fast at taking pictures. And it actually compared to, you know, the iPhone 7 and the even the Galaxy S7. Um, and we'll, we'll have to hear back on whether who he thought still had the best camera. But he was saying, like, actually taking the pictures, um, it was super, super fast, which has been my biggest pes- pet peeve of the, of the Nexus 6P. Yeah, absolutely. That's the the one thing that the iPhone has always done better than every other phone is the simple weird feature where I want to take it out and take a picture right now of this thing that's happening that's going to stop happening in the next 2.8 seconds because you launch the app, you take a picture and it goes. Not only that, but after using an iPhone for all of like 3 hours, you sort of train yourself to if anything is happening, you train yourself to to lose the the instinct to I'm going to wait for the moment and then tap the shutter no i'm just going to hold my thumb on that button it's going to shoot a million frames per second and then after the after little trial fez has understood why i said you shouldn't try to ride your skateboard down the railing of a concrete stairway then you find the perfect shot of the 300 that got taken because it's it's just that fast and it's just that reliable but uh, with the 5x uh, which actually has a not too not shabby at all camera i'm really i've taken some photos i really enjoyed with them but uh, especially with its limited amount of ram there are times where if their background process is running it was. It's like okay. Yep. <laughs> I, pl- please shutter button. Turn that color that says that you're ready to take a picture now, and then I'll take one shot, and then okay. No, I I really want to take another shot because it's not as though this this one. I'm not taking a picture of a of a of, a, of an artificial rose. It's actually things that happen. Okay. <laughs> and you feel like I, I wish I were a better artist because I could get a I do a better drawing sometimes than my chances of getting a, a good picture when I need to get it at that moment. So I'm really excited about the burst mode and being more responsive. Yeah, I can't say how embarrassing it was. I was actually at Google I.O. and there was uh, some Android statues in the front and I wanted to take a picture next to him. And I handed my phone to a random stranger and I was like, hey, could you take a picture of me in this uh, in front of these statues? And I kid you not. Like the app just wouldn't launch. It was taking forever. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. My phone is brand new. Like, why is it not able to take a picture? So I, so that for that reason, I really, really am excited for the Pixel because that's been probably my my only uh, really big uh, pet peeve from the 6P. I still think the 6P is a wonderful device. Um, a lot of people were also talking about the Assistant. So the Google Assistant is one of the big selling points of the Pixel phone because it is going to be the first phone with the Google Assistant uh, built in again the assistant you can still talk to if you're using Google Ello, uh, but the assistant is for 
for now at least, this is uh, the first phone that you can get it on. Uh, yes, of course, our friends and uh, hackers found a way around it to get it on your Nexus device. But you know, I maybe maybe I'm just getting too old for that for that life because I'm like I don't want to brick my phone right now. Uh, so I'm not going to try to try to get the the assistant on there. Uh, but one of the things that I saw and was actually one of, one of the first videos that uh, for the reviews I saw the Verge one, um, and they were just talking about how much high, just speaking such high praise about this. Uh, but one of the things that just made me laugh. Uh, so hard was they asked it the same questions that I asked it. And I'm wondering if someone at The Verge listens to material podcasts because they asked, when is the next presidential debate? And then it told them the next presidential debate. So that was good. Uh, And then they asked it, add it to my calendar. And then Google Assistant said, what would you like to add to your calendar? And it's like, no, I, you know, people are complaining about the specific thing of the whole thing is the assistant is supposed to be contextual. It's supposed to know what you're talking about. It's about it's having a conversation with a friend. If you were talking to a friend and you asked them, hey, when's the next presidential debate? Oh, could you add that to my calendar? I mean, I don't know if your friends are assisting you in that way, but they would know. Oh, you want to add the presidential debate to your calendar, so it still hasn't been fixed. Uh, so come on! Oh, you want to book a flight to some place where you cannot get American television? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's. Uh, I love how the assistant has provoked a lot of discussion today in these reviews. Um, this early this afternoon, as usual, I was recording the MacBreak Weekly podcast where we talked about not Macs but also iPhones, and it really has in the Apple community. Sparked a lot of discussion about why isn't Siri better? Why is Siri compared to uh, the Google Assistant, compared to Cortana, even compared to Alexa? Why is it so relatively dumb? Uh, and uh, this is and this is even given the fact that the Assistant, uh, kind of like the way that when Apple released the first version of Siri, they were very deliberate in saying this is a beta, it's not finished software, we're not expecting it to work flawlessly, it's going to work better soon, but we're just getting the horses out of the gate and trying to get it onto the track. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Gizmodo, uh, in one of the few really bad reviews, the actual headline was, the Google Pixel, I'm quoting by the way, the Google Pixel is too dumb and ugly to replace your iPhone, uh, and amongst uh, Michael Nunez's <laughs> Uh, comments is uh, the problem is that the Google's AI is too stupid to be meaningful, meaningfully helpful at this stage. Uh, not again, he wasn't noticed noting that this is version one, and they again Google makes no bones about the fact that we're not really doing it yet. We're not really uh, uh, ready to uh, make it one hundred percent yet. But just the fact that you can have these conversations on top in topics in which uh, <laughs> Google Assistant. I, I, I too have these topics where if I'm at a dinner party and you're talking about sports, I will say, well, how, how, are, how, how do I think the Bengals are doing this year? Well, Wikipedia suggests the following <laughs> websites for information about the Bengals. But if you talk to me about, I've heard about these computers that cost less than $50. Oh, are you, probably, are you talking about the Raspberry <laughs> Pi? Are you talking about the Arduino? Are you talking about the, the bare bones process? Oh, perhaps you're talking about Windows 10 mobile devices. That's when you finally get the level of interaction. But the ability to not have to uh, really do that sort of a quiz show interaction with your personal assistant where I, there, there are times where I want to, I know exactly everything I want to create for my appointment. And before I go, it's, it's like, I have to rehearse it in my head and I'm thinking, okay, Guillermo, make an appointment for Wednesday, <laughs> August 8th at 2 PM with Dave Nelson at Omerto's <laughs> in Beverly, Massachusetts. 
okay, where would you like this to go? I'm like, <laughs> so the ability, the ability to simply say schedule an appointment and then just ask me what you need to do. And if I, and if I say something that confuses you, don't start all over again. Just simply ask me questions. And uh, one of the we, we were talking about months earlier about how much work Google put into just rehabilitating the voice of the Google Assistant. So uh, I think there, I think that was actually that was another Nat and Low video that we were playing about uh, making the point of there. It has to it has to be able to say the word okay in eleven different ways because there's the Okay, meaning that well, our, I understand that you don't want to do this anymore. I'm saying goodbye. There's okay, meaning that I'm about to ask you more questions. And then there's yes. So it's so many of these little points that I'm really excited. I'm most excited about what uh, uh, the Google Assistant could be a year from now, more so than uh, uh, more so than Siri, more so than Alexa, because it really does seem as though they've really wired it up for a lot more power than it's exhibiting right now. And I think that really came through in all the reviews that we're impressed with the mechanics of how it works, even if they're acknowledging that it's still hot out of the oven, it's not really gelled yet. Yeah, I'm curious to see how how they'll be seeding um, you know, the how they'll be improving as they seed with more data. I don't know, since I don't have the phone, I mean, like, if there was an option when you were setting up, like, send feedback to Google or how much they're collecting it and what they're doing with it. But I feel like that's really where the game is going to be. Like, as we're collecting more and more, it's just going to get smarter and smarter really fast. And I, and I think that's the biggest point that you point out there is that the whole point of the assistant is that it is going to create this personal Google for you. So right off the bat, it's probably not going to be that smart. I think the issue lies um, where Google Search and, and Google Now has been really, really smart. I, like it, it just blows me away when some of the stuff that it does. And it feels like the Google Assistant um, forgot some of those elements that I love so much about Google Now and, and Google Search. And it's still learning. It's like a, a young a child, whereas the, the Google Now is a little bit more mature. And so I guess I was just uh, hoping that it would take all the knowledge that it had already gained from Google Now and already off the bat be this amazing Google Assistant. Um, but I, but it's, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. But I think you just uh, you, you hit it there where you're saying, it's going to be there with all the data. And I assure you, they're probably saving all that data. So they will have all of that where they can get all the information and actually uh, become better. I'm actually really curious uh, on your thoughts, Kristen, on the ability to do the app shortcuts. So this is going to function very similar to the way I think it's called 3D Touch on iOS, where you can long press on an icon, and then it automatically gives you some shortcuts, uh, app shortcuts that you can do. Um, and I've heard hit or miss from like iPhone users, uh, but they're bringing this to Android, at least right now for, for Pixel, and I think it's in the newest uh, Android dev release. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what do I think as an iPhone user? Well, I just say, uh, yeah, curious, like you as a developer, or as an Android developer, like what are some of the things as an iPhone user since you've been using some of this stuff, and then also now as an Android developer that you're thinking about that you'll develop? So personally, as an iPhone user, I'll be honest, the most I use the 3D Touch for is like text editing. Like long pressing to move around, do that sort of stuff. I haven't really been using anything from the home screen, um, which I guess I don't know if that makes me not a power user or what. But uh, <laughs> you listen <laughs> as an as an Android developer. I mean, I think it's awesome whenever we can get access or be able to implement a feature that people on iOS like. I think it's great because then the you know 
there's less opportunity for some, someone to say, oh, I can do this on my iPhone, but I can't do it on an Android device. Yeah. So that part is exciting. I think even um, just even when Android finally got uh, bottom tab navigations for, I don't know, I don't think they're not called tab navigations, but bottom navigation uh, for Android, that has been kind of a lifesaver uh, for at least for us at work because it's like, hey, don't worry. Before you'd had to rethink the, I mean, you should still rethink the structure to work for Android, but at least they can match a little bit more where um, it's not as a foreign concept to be moving from, you know, iOS and Android. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what developers and companies kind of come out with with the app shortcuts and, and other things. Um, Andy, is there is there anything else that uh, from the, the when the embargo was lif- uh, lifted that you thought, oh, this was a surprising thing, or you you kind of uh, were not surprised, or you just kind of waiting for the next for your device to come to kind of get your your remarks out? Mostly, I'm waiting for my device to come. Normally, I kind of keep away from reviews because I don't want to have expectations that uh, came from someone else's opinions. Um, I, I think there's there's one kind of big consensus that no, I don't think anybody reviewed it without noting that okay, this really does look like an iPhone, sirs and madams. Uh, and and there is a few, there are a few people who were certainly expecting the first six hundred and fifty to nine hundred dollar phone to be something maybe a little bit more exemplary than what was delivered. But everyone seems to agree that it's a really, really good, unless you're Gizmodo, uh, that is a really, really fine first outing within the context of uh, Android phones. Uh, like Walt Mossberg, uh, writing for The Verge, uh, says, if you're an Android fan willing to buy a premium phone, the Pixel is your answer. To repeat, it's simply the best Android phone I've tested. Uh, and some even... Uh, not, I don't think anybody said that it's better than the uh, Galaxy S7 or the iPhone 7. But a couple actually said, no, it's in the same league. It's in the same class. Uh, so uh, it's. I, I think that at least for what uh, what we could hope for from day one, they've certainly achieved all of that. They really want to assert that this is a desirable phone, not just a functional phone, not just a, a phone that's designed to carry forward the mission of Android, uh, which is what was true uh, with uh, with Nexus. Um, speaking of Nexus, we did have some good uh, a few a few blanks got filled in uh, both from uh, early uh, early testers and also uh, people getting information straight from Google we were wondering what was what's going to be the difference between in the US for instance buying the phone from a carrier from Verizon and getting it directly from the Google store and it turns out to be very very little almost nothing uh, we were one thing to be worried about is what kind of you know crapware yes that's the <laughs> word we use uh, is Verizon going to throw on it uh, and Verizon does pre-install a couple of apps that are for features that are specific to the network but you can delete these apps if you don't want them uh, where and who's going to get who's going to be delivering updates because the bane of the existence of every Android user is oh great I'm listening to this podcast in which Andy and Yasmin and Russell <laughs> are talking about how great it is to have have the Android 7 on their Nexus devices I'll I'm sure that I'll get it on my HTC phone sometime before our next president's second term, if unless I, <laughs> if, if if we're still using phones by then, um, and uh, whereas Verizon was a little bit cagey, or maybe they had changed their mind since the first announcement. Uh, not only are you going to be getting security updates directly from Google, but also operating system uh, updates. 
Uh, Google's answer to that seemed to be very, very clear that you will get it day and date uh, with uh, any Nexus device, uh, f- uh, 5X or 6P. Uh, and the last one, which is not for not for everybody, but for the people who like to have an unlocked bootloader, that's the difference between can I can the Pixel be my next phone or is it just going to be another phone? Uh, and it turns out that if you buy it through the Google, uh, through the Google store, uh, you can definitely unlock the bootloader. Indications are that you can also unlock it if you buy it through Verizon. Uh, but that would mean that if you ever want to like sideload a different ROM uh, package that has different features, uh, like, again, let's say that you liked uh, the Cyanogen build uh, more than you like uh, the stock Android build, or let's say two years from now, three years from now, <laughs> Android has, uh, Google has moved on and they're not going to be supporting this device anymore now you can switch to getting your updates from cyanogen instead of getting them from google the only thing that you will lose if you do that of course is that you will no longer get your update over the air updates directly from google anymore Uh, but the bottom line is that it does seem as though if you are for whatever reason interested in getting stuff from verizon instead of getting it through the google store it doesn't seem as though you're losing anything by doing that Uh, but i would say that uh, even if you are getting a completely unlocked phone from Verizon, I can't see a reason to do that unless you are on the Verizon network and you do need a phone that has those radios. Uh, I don't even know if they're... Uh, I, I'm trying to find out if, they've, if they're building a special phone with CDMA built in just for the Verizon market because Verizon is practically the only major carrier in the world at this point that still uses uh, 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 CDMA instead of, uh, uh, instead of GSM. So... Who knows? But that's a lot. A lot of worries are off your back. I, my big worry was that I love Nexus. That it's gonna be. It's not catered for everybody. It's catered for giving you as many opportunities as you can, as you want to exploit. It would have been kind of tough if you're just getting another carrier locked weakware phone, uh, but you're paying an extra premium for the version 1.0 from a company that's never designed a phone before. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, even though they got that response from Google. They'll uh, they'll see it. They'll be rest assured when they actually see it because there's been uh, you know Verizon. There's been some uh, issues there in the past with getting updates. So I I, I believe Google, but you know Yasmin's uh, Yasmin's <laughs> a fangirl. So so of course so of course Yasmin's gonna believe uh, Google. So uh, I, I I can't wait for the Pixel to arrive, and I really really hope it makes it in time before my trip uh, to Disneyland with my family because it's gonna be my daughter's first trip. And the camera looks awesome. And again, like we talked about, the camera is going to be snappier. Uh, so I don't want to miss, uh, you know, some some screams on a, on a roller coaster or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention during the during the, the keynote, during the, during the rollout. But they didn't make a big deal at all about the, cam- the new camera's uh, background defocus feature. Uh, Apple, that's one of the best, they could not stop talking about what, at Apple. They're talking about the, the new iPhone uh, 7 Plus that, oh, and by the way, we have this new portrait mode that will be released later on this year so that you can have, you can blur the background when you're taking pictures of your kids to give you that wonderful studio uh, studio look. Uh, and uh, it's not until this actual week that I've seen Google really making a good statement about how we're we also have i think they're staying away from the word also but we have decided to put in background blurring and we use of course our artificial intelligence and deep learning we don't need fancy two sensors two lenses uh, to give 3d anything we just simply look at the image and we know we know that uh, that the difference between your daughter and a tree and so we will blur the tree and make your daughter look pretty or prettier 
How can we, how can we make your child your prettier? Child. Your children are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I actually, the, the first time I saw it is when I, I did watch that Nat and Lowe video, and they're like, using the power of machine learning. And of course, we all had a drink because Google said machine yep. learning. Um, and I was like, ah, okay. I know we've had, like, the Nexus camera has had a, the, the it's, I think it's a, it functions the same way of the background defocus where you can, where I think you select it. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called. The But, but it, was a, it was a weird, but it's a weird thing where, it's yeah, like you, it's, it's more like a, it was more like a science fair demonstration. Okay, now hold very here, still and, and move the camera slightly. No, 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 no. Hold on. Okay, fast, almost, almost, fast. almost, almost. Stop, 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 stop. Whereas the demonstration, what they showed in the Nat and Lowe video seemed to be, I'm aiming it at Nat. I am taking, I'm pressing the button that I press anywhere, and now the background of Nat is not as uh, sharp as Nat herself is. Yeah. So, we'll, or or is it low? I get those Nat two low. mixed up. Uh, what? We'll just we have, have to have them on the show so that not... we can make sure we know exactly <laughs> who is Nat and who is Low, so we can get them on. Come that, on, Nat that would, be, that would be a good get. Uh, actually, you know, my daughter would be super, super jealous if we were able to make it happen because uh, she's a big Nat and Low fan. Like every, on Saturday, if there's a new Nat and Low videos, we uh, sit there and watch uh, Nat and Low videos. It's like family uh, Saturday fun time. So come on, Nat and Low, you know. Make you know, if, if only there were, if only there were a national holiday where parents go out with their children, sometimes in colorful garb or costumes, as it were. Hmm. It, it, it would definitely be deep catalog. You get, you definitely get that reaction where the neighbor is like opening the door with that big smile and then freezes, and they're they're holding the basket. They're saying, "I want to say." power ranger but if i'm wrong i don't want this kid to be upset uh, uh, i've learned my lesson of not to guess costumes i made the mistake my first year of handing out candy i was like oh you're a you know i forget i remember what it was and they were like no doctor who and i was like i'm so sorry you're a wonderful doctor <laughs> so uh yeah it's uh we we could go as nat and low I'm not sure. Not much sure. Many people wouldn't know That's who a, we were. Well, okay. Well, I'll, I, 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 do, I don't want to be selfish, but we're we're all in this together. I think Nat and Lowe would recognize the costumes, <laughs> and if you were to tweet out a picture, I see. I, I see I, what you're I, trying I, to get I don't, to. I don't know how many points we need to rack up to book Nat and Lowe for the show, but that's got to be worth a few points at least. I, I would, I would be like more starstruck struck than I was when I we got uh, Matthias Duarte on the show. I'd be like oh, Nat and Lowe. Um, that's, and that's an impressive statement because I, I was there for that show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't embarrass me. <laughs> I won't embarrass Speaking you. It was, it was adorable. It was adorable. Oh, man. Uh, if only you were there when I met Aparna. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of awesome things that make me happy, uh, one, of the, one of the cool things, uh, there was a, a featured article on Wired, uh, which was the Google Lab that's building a legion of diverse coders. So this was uh, really exciting is that they are opening a facility uh, called CodeNext, open in, Oak in Oakland today. So this was, uh, this was on the 6th of October, so it's, it's a while back. And Errol King knew the hard work of launching a community computer lab was a prelude to a far greater challenge. Google launched the lab in one of the nation's most diverse cities to introduce black and Latino students to coding and help reverse the tech sector's persistence, lack of diversity. So Google has actually created a community computer lab where they are going into Oakland um, and helping students, not, not necessarily just students, uh, but people in the community 
get into code and learn to code, and they're giving them the essentials to get started. Um, one of the reasons they chose Oakland is because it's the fourth most multicultural city in America. Uh, Oakland is 26% black and 25% Latino, making it far more diverse than the U.S. So this, if you know anything about Yasmin, uh, Google and, you know, diversity efforts are two of my biggest passions. Those are the things that get me really, really uh, excited. So, like, when I read this, I was like, oh, they're, they're doing it. Um, and I was, it's so exciting. And I hope to uh, make it out to one of, what, to Code Next uh, one of these days. Or I don't know if, they, if they're allowing people to come with them. They're like, no, Yasmin, come on. Yeah, come on, Yasmin wants to talk about your, your lab here and share it to everyone on Material Podcast. Uh, but I think that's super, super awesome and that they're actually going into the community and creating these uh, experiences for students. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, it's, there's, I, I think that what really motivates a lot of us is, uh, as soon as we hear about a project like this, it immediately takes us back to when we were seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and the first time we had that acid trip experience with a piece of technology where I'm totally confused by what I see in front of me, but I'm not moving from this chair until I have figured it out or fallen asleep on top of the keyboard or mess of wires or been pulled out by a janitor or a parent. Uh, and it's so it really makes my uh, my, my my heart swell with uh, with pleasure uh, to hear about groups that are working very very hard to create the same experience for others, particularly when it's a group that society seems to think is we'll get to we'll get to these we'll we'll, we'll get to all the kids, but we're not going to get to these kids first. And it's great to see that there are people saying no, we are going to try to get to these kids first to make sure that they they get their they get served uh, instead of having to wait in line. One thing I thought was really cool when I was reading about this was that, um, you know, the article I was reading saying they're not only including, you know, computer science lab and an engineering lab, but that they're also going to have a leadership lab. And it's all about students talking about how their projects fit into the larger, you know, cultural conversation into the world. And I think that's really empowering because it's showing, you know, having these skills, it's not just that you can make things that you're using and your friends are using, but you really can, you're shaping, you know, what everyone else is doing. And I think that's really neat. Yeah. It's a super powerful thing. Even just, just the idea of whether it's technology or whatever, the first time that you, uh, that you, you, you show kids how to build something, whether it's a piece of code or a piece of electronics or even just uh, uh, shop classes. Shop classes are really, really important. And you say, here was a pile of ingredients and wood that was did not exist, that was nothing until you decided that you wanted to put them in the shape of a box. And now you have not just a box that you can buy at Walmart, but a box that is shaped specifically to fit the back of your bike and has a handle exactly where you wanted it to be. As soon as they make that simple connection that everything you see around you was designed and built and made by somebody who had to have these ideas and solve these problems and make these things. It's I've said this before, but it's uh, such a beautiful thing when a kid uh, – as kids, we all grow up having no power in the world. Things – 
things are scheduled for us. Things are handed to us. Food is cooked for us. Things are bought for us uh, because we don't know how we don't know how to how to make these things. And but as a result, you can be eight, nine, ten, eleven, and feel as though you have no power in the world. But the first time that like your bike breaks, and instead of well, I guess it's going to be broken until mom or dad like drives dri- drops it off at the bike store and someone fixes it. But the first time that someone shows them, well, actually the chain is broken, but there's a simple tool that can fix it. And then your your your, your rear tire is flat, but I'm going to show you once how to take it, the the tire off the rim and fix it and put it back on again. And then the next time someone's 20 minutes late for dinner and they say, oh, I got a flat tire. But it wasn't a problem. I fixed it. I didn't even want to call you because I knew it was just going to be. I could fix it myself. That's even if you even if they don't go into technology. That's mm-hmm. a wonderful power to say that if there's a problem, I can fix it. If there's a need, I can fill it. If there's uh, a opportunity for me to help somebody, I can help it because I have agency in this world. And sometimes it's just as simple as teaching a kid how to solder or teaching a kid how to uh, nail two pieces of wood together. Yeah, what I love so much about the curriculum, they said that it was open-ended and iterative to encourage exploration. We wanted makers to find their way in a large sandboxes. And and I, I think just to the point of what you were saying, uh, Kirsten, when you were saying about the leadership lab, and it's uh, it's beyond science. It's about beyond engineering. It's about beyond computing. It's about building, like you said, leaders that can go out in the world, whatever profession they are. Like this is just giving them the tools uh, to explore and be okay to fail, you know, and just get out there. I think so much of our, our schooling, um, and this is kind of one of the, the things that kind of really stinks about our schooling is that we we kind of uh, set up students to pass tests, right? And so we we set them up yeah. to learn uh, the answers and the questions and answers. Uh, but you know, a lot of it's not allowing people to just explore. And I think that's that's kind of the, the biggest thing that's a drawback because uh, if I if I look back at uh, my career and how I kind of decided to go into tech, you know. I didn't start off as uh, deciding to go to tech. I actually like. I'm, I mean, I changed my major so many times from like history to geology and all this and all this stuff. Uh, but when I was in, in class and I had to take a computer uh, prereq and I and I said, "Huh, there's a flash class I can take. That's the thing I see on websites. It looks like it might be fun." And I took it. Yeah, flash is dead. We all know this. But that was like my first class I, into I was, web. I was, I was thinking about punching punching a monkey. Punching like, a monkey. <laughs> I I could be the person who creates that punch the monkey ad. I can create those wonderful restaurant uh, splash uh, flash sites now. Um, and I got into it and I, my professor you know, actually encouraged me and said, hey, you're actually pretty good at this. And I asked, oh, is there a career in this? Like I had no idea because this was not the upbringing that I was brought into. Like I didn't really have a lot of role models that I could look up to and see these are the people on technology. Um, and so for me to have that and then be able to kind of pursue that and just kind of see where my career has has taken me, like this is why it's so, so beneficial. Like I think uh, just even, you know, fighting stereotypes. Uh, like I said, I am in tech, but even within my family, you know, they when they imagine the quote unquote uh, developer, they think of, uh, someone that doesn't look like me or Kristen, you know, they think of like a white male eating uh, or someone that maybe looks like Andy. Hey, he pointed at himself. So I'm going to say his name, <laughs> drinking Diet Coke. You totally are right now. <laughs> and coding. And that's kind of the mindset they're in. And like, that's why I think it's so fun um, to have these opportunities and kind of 
get people to start thinking differently. And it's my, my favorite thing was uh, for a while, one of the Android developers, she was a, a woman and I, we were carpooling together. And I, every time I, you know, my, we would pick up my daughter and I'm like, do you know what she does for a living? And my daughter's like, no. And I was like, she writes code. She gets to tell the computer what to do. And she thinks coders are like probably the coolest people ever. So uh, Kristen, yeah, she did. She is a big fan of you because she saw the big nerd glasses that you sent uh, <laughs> that you sent in my package. And I was like, my friend Kristen sent me this. You know, she she writes code and tells uh, computers what to do. She could probably tell a robot what to do. And she was just like, oh, that's so cool. So um, I'm just super excited that there's going to be a lot more uh, people in the community, especially Blacks and Latinos, that are going to have this opportunity that they may have never had. Yeah, I, I, I really think that uh, uh, I'm so glad to see Raspberry Pi, for instance, devices really taking over uh, in every school and every class. Uh, because I mean, just <laughs> I, I'm speaking to you. Unfortunately, the, the, because the UPS person hates me, they always deliver like an Adafruit <laughs> box, like on Tuesday when I'm doing nothing but podcasting You're all like, day. No, I can't do and this. And I've got <laughs> and I've got all kinds of parts here that I ordered over the weekend for something that I want to start building and playing with. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm no stranger to nerddom. Uh, but uh, ever since I just I really uh, went even more deeply into Raspberry Pi, the idea of having a computer that does nothing except for what you program it to do and the things you build to attach to it to make it to make it work, uh, the tra- the the emotional transaction could not be more different. Uh, that uh, I've got uh, I've, I've got a phone that just works. You take it out of the box and it works. If you want no- more software easy to install and it works so you want an accessory a battery again plug it in it works even a screen it works cast a, your video to a tv again it just works and that's great for something that you rely on day after day but it's also really exceptional when uh here is a 35 dollar little raspberry pi computer and i love the fact that uh, i would be frustrated as hell if uh, my mac suddenly did not want to talk to my monitor or I buy I, I just unpack the monitor that I that I got from Amazon second day shipping and I got to go through all this I can't just plug it in to make it play whereas with the Raspberry Pi I'm kind of excited by the fact that it doesn't know how to talk to the screen I want to plug into it however I can make it work with anything. I, all I have to do is learn how to make it happen. And it's not even like a punitive, okay, Andy, today we're going to teach you how this config file works. It's like, no, it's it's very well documented. There are people who create tutorials and uh, web pages and, uh, and videos that will say, Here's the, here is the mechanism by which the Raspberry Pi understands what this monitor is and what it can do. Uh, And as a result, it will take you two or three hours to get that simple screen working. But now you know how screens work. And uh, I'm thinking thinking far ahead about this computer that I kind of want to build. And part of it is that it has to have like a really weird shaped screen in it that has no size that anybody makes this screen size. But because I went through all this garbage... (laughs) trying to make this simple screen work, I know that, oh, actually, all I have to do is uh, enter the, uh, open, open up this file with the Pico editor, put in these numbers, and I can simply say, yes, I know this is 800 by 600, but I want you to actually make it 512 by 512, and I want you to start it 10 pixels in from the left and end it over here. 
easy peasy, whereas I would never know how to do that on a Mac, and I've been using Mac since I was a teenager. So that's the sort of that's the sort of stuff. And plus, if 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 an old guy like me gets excited and energized about about this, imagine the energy of a kid that can just be blindly focused, that doesn't have to worry about paying rent or you know what they're gonna if someone's gonna be kidding, who's gonna be taking care of them in twenty five years. It's like you know, all you can do is just rush home from school and start working on something. I'm sure that some girl nine years old who started taking a class in Raspberry Pi last week can totally kick my butt in this thing that I've been playing with for the past two years. And it's wonderful to, to think about that kind of excitement. I, I want every kid to have a Raspberry Pi and, and health care and good nutrition and a loving, <laughs> caring home. But most importantly, a Raspberry Pi. But when you get into consumer goods, I hope that they also they have a Raspberry yeah, Pi. Yeah, that's what excites me about Raspberry Pi. I actually don't have one, uh, but just the 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 fact that they're so affordable and what you can do with them like that's the that's yeah. the exciting part and that's kind of also what kind of gets me excited about uh cardboard google cardboard and i know that google cardboard is you know it's not dead it's i'm not going to say it's dead uh but the, you know it's been kind of upgraded to daydream uh for vr purposes but Google Cardboard, again, was just this cardboard box that you could uh, put your phone in, uh, you could download an app, and you can interact with it um, in VR, and so it uh, creates a whole environment. Uh, there is actually a special VR that The Simpsons created. They partnered up with Google to celebrate the series 600 episode. The Simpsons and Google have come together to create a, spe- a special virtual reality experience. Produced with Google Spotlight Stories, The Simpsons Couch Gag Planet of the Couches is available on both Android and iOS. View it with any Google Cardboard viewer for the full VR experience. Uh, so this is actually a part of the Google Spotlight Stories app. And the cool thing about this is that you don't need a Google Cardboard to view it. You can still view it in Spotlight. So again, what Spotlight is, um, I, I think it originally was created by Motorola. Don't quote me on that, though. But I remember they had, I think they might have been one of the first people uh, to get it out there. And it might have been when you know they were a part of Google. But there was these Spotlight stories. And essentially, it's a story that you can see in 360. Of course, there's going to be a focal point where usually that's kind of what you're looking at, like a normal story. But you can see all around, and the spotlight stories were really cool because you didn't need Google Cardboard. You can just look around with your phone, move it up and down in the side, and you see all this uh, other world. It, it really felt like a, its own little art form because mm-hmm. you'd see this beautiful little cartoon of here's a little squirrel in the in the woods, and you're seeing the woods and this the, the ambient noise, and the squirrel just sort of pops up and just like goes in the foreground, starts looking left and right, and then gets bored and like scampers off to the left, and then after like okay, nothing's happening, I'm not seeing anything on the in this in the forest. You realize, oh wait a minute, what if I were to turn and then you turn a little bit with your phone, and now your phone is just like a viewfinder on this mm-hmm. 360 degree cycle around. And so as characters move in and out, you can choose to follow them and see where their stories go. So to get this little whole little cartoon. Uh, so I, I think you're right. I think it did start on Motorola. That was kind of like a little uh, little surprise of delight uh, because these things would automatically download like overnight. You just simply turn on your phone and your lock screen would have this beautiful little pastoral scene. And you know that if you don't mind not finding out why your son who you lent the car to try to text you 18 times and twice from some sort of county lockup place. You can, while you're unlocking your phone, watch this wonderful cartoon. 
And it's uh, really cool. So I was just uh, testing it out with the Simpsons VR experience. And if you have cardboard, it is uh, more immersive. You know, it's like the cardboard experience. You can look around and you have it on your face so you can, you know, see the the Simpsons world, which if you grew up watching The Simpsons or still watch it today, it's uh, pretty fun. But if you don't have cardboard, you can still enjoy the spotlight story. Um, it's just not as full and immersive. So that's pretty fun if you are interested in The Simpsons and want a new story. I'd say, yeah, the, the spotlight stories were one of my favorite things. It's, uh, they're, they're just so, such a like fun, artistic, and so beautiful. And that, that was probably my, I think, uh, duet was one of, one of the ones that I really, really did enjoy. I, uh, I'll never forget my first Google I.O. was 2014 and I got into the ATAP talk and they, um, yes! play, were you there? They played duet, which was a spotlight store. And I remember I actually cried. It was so beautiful, um, but, just, <laughs> but so neat to be able to interact with the stories that way. Yeah. I, I can't even begin to, uh, imagine what type of Android development is involved in, in that whole thing. I'm sure it requires a lot of uh, connecting with artists and collaborating with them. Oh, yeah, for sure. They had the artists there, actually, and that was a whole part of it. It was really neat. It was not just about the technology, but it was about the art and the story and all of that. Yeah, and I think that, like what you said, Andy, it's like it's a, almost a new art form because it's uh, allowing you to interact with, with the piece. So if you go check it out, there, there'll be a link there. Again, it's available on iOS and Android, so you can go and check it out. Um, and so this has been fun, and Kristen, we have had so much fun having you on the show. Uh, where can people find you and connect with you and, you know, plug anything that you'd like to tell us about? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you can find me on Twitter and pretty much anywhere on the web. I'm Kristen Mars. Um, but Big Nerd Ranch is great. If you're interested in learning Android or iOS or any of that, we offer week-long boot camps. We have a bunch of books that we've written. And we also, a majority of my time is actually spent developing apps. So we are an app development shop as well. So if you're looking for help with that, we can help you out. It's awesome. Awesome. And everyone that I met at Big Nerd Ranch has been amazing. Um, and their Big Nerd Ranch was actually the company that supported App Camp for Girls, handed out the Swift uh, programming book to all of the developers that were there. And I got one. And it's actually in one of our iOS developers office now, because every time he would come into my office, he would eye it. And I said, do you want to borrow it? Because you can. And he was like, Okay, cool. So I, you're, you're, uh, everyone at work is a huge fan of all the work that Big Nerd Ranch does. So thanks so much for coming. Andy, where can people find you? As usual, the price of the ticket to the Andy Anatko thrill ride is, you have to spell my last name, uh, I'm Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O on Twitter and Instagram. And my blog is at anatko.com. And I also have uh, my user, my, the, the stuff that people are foolish enough to pay me for usually winds up on suntimes.com, the Chicago Suntimes website. And I'm at Yasmeen Evan on Twitter, and you can find me complaining about how all you Team Russell people are sending uh, Russell all these uh, stories about how Telstra is sending the Google Pixel early and is it going to have it in stores. <laughs> Whose team are you on? Come on. You know, Russell's not here. Team Yasmeen has been here and is going strong. So, you know, there, there are some few Team Yasmeen people that were out there, like uh, Zara, who's actually going to be on our show next week, uh, defending me, saying that she could go to the store and buy all of the Pixels so Russell couldn't win. Uh, I know it's it's a whole different location. of I think it's like a 
eight-hour flight. No, maybe not eight-hour flight. It's a it's far away from where he lives. But you know, I wouldn't put it past him. He's pretty competitive. So I think last year he went to all the different hi-fi stores, uh, calling and driving around his uh, from Adelaide looking for the Nexus device. So he's a competitive man. He's very competitive. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find us on the show at Material Podcast. Find us on the web at Relay dot fm forward slash material and until next time stay in material oh and send us feedback material podcast at gmail.com like we don't have enough to do well actually we're, we're gonna be we're, we're home waiting for the ups driver to deliver exactly. our phone so please yes bring it, us our it would break the, it, would, it would take us it would take our minds off the passage of time so yes please do send us your feedback and uh logic puzzles uh, tri- tricky recipes that can be made with common uh pantry ingredients something to just to keep our, our hands in our, our minds busy and people that are emailing us asking should i really spend the money on a pixel my friends are saying that uh you know, maybe it's not a good investment. You know, we can't answer that for you. You are your own person. And although <laughs> I think it potentially could be a fantastic phone, you know, you have different uh, needs than you and I are different people. So we can't answer that for you. You got to search deep within yourself and ask, am I ready <laughs> for the Pixel phone? I'm still so ready for me. <laughs> I've heard I've heard women say this before, and usually it leads to, Andy, it's not you, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I just think we should spend the longest looking deep within ourselves at what we need at this point and whether it's worth it. I mean, is it worth it? And only you can answer that. Only you can answer that yourself. The only place Google cannot look is inside the human heart, listeners. Oh, well, But they're working on it. They've got a deep learning it. that will go that deep at some point. They've got a model. They've got a theoretical they're, model. Machine learning. It's going to figure it out soon. <laughs>